whoa, 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 hang on a moment. Yes, you know what time it is. This is Jen, your host, and this podcast is all about taking agency and owning yourself. And every week on this show, I'm going to help you use your voice, stand in your power, and operate from a place of self. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Hang On A Moment. I'm Jen, your podcast host, and this week I'm going to be talking to you about radical self-responsibility. Now I love this term just for the fact that it's got radical in the title because when you say something is radical it means wow. Okay, that's big, that's big. And yeah, this is it, this is this is it. So radical self-responsibility is really about taking the biggest responsibility for yourself. So in terms of how that ties in with the podcast, well, I don't need to spell it out to you. Obviously, this is all around having agency and owning yourself. And it's really impossible to do that if you do not have radical self-responsibility. But I'm here today to tell you that having radical self-responsibility is the magic bullet to live your best life. Radical self-responsibility is around taking 100% of the responsibility for who you are, what you do, how you act when you do things and why you do things and why you operate as you do. And actually, if we do not understand that or know that about ourselves, then we have an incredibly low um, amount of self-awareness and self-awareness is the key to everything because if we're not aware of ourselves, then how can we actually act in a way that actually benefits us and benefits others? So, Radical self-responsibility is something that actually is more of a movement. It's a decision and a desire for you to go into that space in your life rather than a task or an activity that, you know, I could say as a coach, I'm going to do with you. So we don't do radical self-responsibility. We operate from that place of having radical self-responsibility. So as I've mentioned in previous episodes, I have done lots of work on myself all my life, but obviously much, much more in my sort of 30s and in my 40s. And in my 30s, I would say was the point when I really decided I wanted to take radical self-responsibility. I would say in my 20s, I was already taking quite a lot of self-responsibility. And I think even in my younger years, I had a lot of self-responsibility and that's kind of tied into some of the the background of my life and the things that I've gone through. And I think sometimes life puts you in those situations. So I think if you've grown up in an environment where you feel you have to take responsibility for yourself, then you are more likely to, um, yeah, to, to have that mindset. However, it's it's not exclusive to that type of, of individual. You know, anyone has the opportunity to have radical self-responsibility and everybody should have radical self-responsibility because that is what will make the world a better place and also make your life much better. So when we talk about radical self-responsibility, you know, we're talking about understanding exactly who you are. So looking at things such as your upbringing, your social status, your genetics. So obviously you're looking there when I say with uh nature and nurture with upbringing and genetics also epigenetics as well 
and things like the values and the belief systems that were formed as you were a child and potentially passed to you from your parents. So when we grow up, as we grow up, as we turn into an adult, as we move through our um, for our decades and interestingly, I was having this conversation with my friend the other day and I was explaining and we were just sort of chewing the fat on how life gets so different as we move through the genres, if you like, our 20s, 30s and 40s and even into our 50s, which I'm not there yet. Um, but how life pre- presents different challenges and actually how life presents different aspects of your own self mastering your own growth, because different challenges, different situations in life are going to present to you different problems and things are going to, you know, rise from that. So, you know, if you think into your 20s, your life is 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 less um, about others. It's more about yourself. You know, you've probably just left the family home. You're starting life out on your own. You probably don't have children at that age or, you know, not sort of in your early 20s anyway. You might not even be in a relationship. So it's very much around, you know, learning life, enjoying life, getting to know who you are. Also, you know, our brains aren't fully formed until we're sort of in our 20s. I think it might even be in our 30s. And so we're still developing that person that we are. We're still making sense of the world. We're still trying to put the pieces together. So when we get into our 30s, we start going, okay, yeah, I know who I am now. Yeah, I've got my own back. I'm standing on my own two feet. I'm buying a house. I might be having kids. I've got my dream career. I know where I'm going and I'm feeling great about life. Or you might be not feeling great about life because you might not have had those things or you might have had those things and lost those things. And again, you know, when you get into your 30s and life becomes a little bit more trying because there's more commitment, there's more emphasis on creating something, there's more emphasis on achieving things, there's a lot more um, to subscribe to in terms of this is where I should be now in my life. Well, you're not really thinking like that in your 20s, a little bit more, let's just suck it and see. 30s, you kind of feel like you need to define yourself. And then when you get to your 40s, it's kind of when they say like, yeah, 40 is the key, the door. I think a lot of people say like they felt great when they turned 40 because as soon as they got into their 40s, they felt like they knew who they were. Everything was in place. They'd established themselves. And so for me, that's exactly where I got to. And I feel like when I got into my 40s, I felt, you know, much more confident as a as a as a person, confident in my career, confident in who I was. But I'll be honest, um, well, actually, it was in my 30s where I started to feel like that. And it wasn't until in my 30s that I did actually start doing this self-inquiry work and actually trying to understand so some of my background. And, you know, I had some scenarios that forced me in a way to actually go and have therapy. So um, bad relationships and also a bad situation in the workplace that identified some triggers for me. And I went down the conventional route of having counseling and a bit of psychotherapy and having some conversations. Not at any point did we talk about trauma or my early years. If we did talk about my early years, it was very much more around patterns of relationships with my parents as opposed to anything that might have caused any kind of trauma. Um And then, as you know, from some of my other podcasts, I got sick with cancer um, and, you know, we all had to deal with COVID and COVID lockdown. And um, I was sick with cancer just after that. And then I went back to work in an environment that was quite toxic. And in between all of that, while I was going through chemo, I also um, went through, unfortunately, a sexual assault. So I had quite a lot of situations happen to me at that time, which then led me on to this even more developed aspect of um you know self-inquiry and trying to understand you know 
who am I and why am I like this and why are these things happening to me? So a lot of the things that we talk about when we were trying to understand ourselves is 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 our background and our, our trauma. And a lot of the time things happen to us in our life and we may experience this as a child, we may experience this as a teenager, we may experience this as a younger adult and we may experience some traumatic experiences in our adult life as well. But some of the trauma that happens when we're a child, some of those traumatic experiences, and again, let's be clear with trauma, we've got little T's and big T's. So, you know, big T's are going to be very substantial experiences like abuse or neglect. And obviously there is a a sort of, um, if you like, a indicator out there where they look at the different um, aspects of of, of childhood, um, sort of adverse childhood experiences, which is called the ACE study, which basically explains that if you've had X amount of these experiences, then you're more likely to have a propensity for trauma um, and obviously you have to manage and deal with that. But this is all quite new to this kind of like to the to the sort of the scientific and psychology field um and you know i think with ptsd for example was only really considered a thing in the 70s and that was obviously with war veterans and then obviously there's been more developmental work around trauma trauma is well ptsd is now recognized in the dsm um but cptsd isn't and so cptsd is complex um uh trauma and this is just one part of understanding who we are. And obviously not everybody has gone through trauma, but the statistics show that at least 50 to 70% of us will experience trauma at least one point in our lives. And some of us may be more than that. So we need to be aware of that. But also on the back of that as well, there is also attachment and achievement within our family systems as well. So for example, how were we brought up? What was the relationship like with our parents? What was our relationship like as a baby? Um, you know, what were we witnessing with our parents? How were our parents bringing us up? What was their nurturing like? What was their nature like? And obviously a lot of this has an impact on who we are as an adult today. So we have to really consider where our parents have taken us to as well as where our life has taken us to. And as I said, you know, some of this is going to be based on nature and nurture. And, you know, it's it's really kind of, when we talk about radical self-responsibility, it's around having that kind of insight in yourself to say, okay, enough is enough. I am ready to own myself now and understand why I am the way I am. Even if there's, you know, in, in you know, I'm taking inverted commas here, even if there's nothing wrong with you, people still should know who and why they are um, the way that they are. And actually, you know, what this allows you to do is understand, you know, who you are, what you bring to the world, and also, you know, the relationships that you can offer to others. And I think quite a lot of the time when you're working with other people in a relationship, and when I say working, I mean working at a relationship. So, you know, working in a relationship with a partner, with your children, with your family, you know, it could be quite difficult because of those dynamics. And so, for example, you know, if you don't know who you are and you don't know what you bring to the table and what's made you who you are, and then you're dealing with your partner, for example, and they don't know who they are and what's made them the way they they are, there's always going to be this, I'm right, you're wrong, I'm right, you're wrong, because my way is the right way, you know, it's my way or the highway. And actually, that's not the way we should be living. And actually, you know, when we operate like that, what we're actually doing is we're not operating from a place of radical self-responsibility, we're operating from a place of really quite toxic behaviours, and not really understanding the um, sort of the 
the interaction between human beings and, you know, and how we all kind of have a part to play on making others feel safe and secure in environments. So there's so much that we can get from having radical self-responsibility. Obviously, it's ourselves first, but then it's also about the relationships we have with others. So, you know, whether, as I said, whether it's an interpersonal relationship or even a business relationship as well. So, you know, as a leader of an organization, as a manager, um, even as an employee, you need to understand, you know, who you are and take responsibility for that so that you can become the best version of yourselves. So, as I said, you know, radical self-responsibility is about understanding everything about who we are. And from this point, we can then say, okay, well, these are the areas of my life, or these are the areas of me, my psyche, my being, my personality, my 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 all aspects of your life, really. You know, it could be your financial situation, it could be your career, it could be your personality, it could be your strengths, it could be the areas that you're not so great at, so you're under strengths. And it's almost about saying, okay, well, this can now be a development area for me, and this can be a project for either transformation or growth. And, you know, again, talking about our ages, and as we get into our 30s, I see, I certainly was true for myself, but I see a lot of other people now, um, obviously younger than me, because I'm no longer in my 30s, who are actually, you know, at that point where they're, you know, they're doing, there's so much more available now than there was when I was in my 30s. So let's just add that in here, because, you know, when I was in my 30s, I think on Instagram, was was more of a place for you know posting pictures and not so much it wasn't absolutely the way Instagram is now I mean I'll be honest with you I use Instagram a lot for my data inputs so I follow a lot of great people who give me information and knowledge and that's what I also like to do with my information and knowledge is share it out through Instagram also Facebook and LinkedIn as well and I feel that like, you know, back in the day when I was in my 30s, this information wasn't available. It was more, you know, you would go and find blogs or you would actually research stuff or you would purchase books. Um, um, you know, again, podcasts weren't really available then. So a lot of this information was quite difficult to to get hold of. And some that's probably a lot of the reason why people were going to therapists or not going to therapists because they didn't have the opportunity for radical self-responsibility in terms of, you know, trying to identify who, why, what, and how so that they could you know find a way to 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 grow and and bring about some sort of self-mastery um but you know what triggered me into this space um was was a number of situations really was one I had a very tough employment situation it wasn't hard and I worked for a very big global accountancy firm um but I was working with an individual I say working with my manager that was who I was working with. And she and I were just like opposites. And for some reason, even though we got on okay, we didn't actually have an, any interpersonal relationship issues. She could not see my value the same way that other people could. And I was getting rave reviews from my internal clients, you know, to the point that people were saying, um, yeah, basically, there should be more people like Jen in this organization. If there was, the business would be such a great place. You know, they, they were the kinds of feedback I was getting from the people that I was delivering my service to. I was getting very similar feedback from the people that I was managing as well, and also my colleagues. But my manager was not giving me the same kind of feedback. And I was really concerned about this because I was like, okay, there's an, there's an issue here. It's not with me. And it's not necessarily with her, but it's our relationship. We're so different that we can't actually work this out together. So I went off, I was in HR, but I went off to 
HR for HR and I had a conversation with them and I said, look, you know, can we talk about this? Because it's not feeling very good for me and I'm feeling like I'm a bit caged in and, you know, I'm feeling like it's not helping me develop and grow. And, you know, my feedback is great from everybody else, but my manager isn't recognising all that I bring to the table. She's looking at my, you know, my weak parts rather than my strengths. And I even had people that I was providing a service to in the business who were much senior to me so they were at director level they were literally fighting my corner um to try and get me some for example additional resources so that I could deliver my service even more to them because they were very happy with what I was doing but they could see I was you know a bit pushed for time that wasn't working so it was almost a bit like whatever I was trying with this person it wasn't working so I went to HR and in the end they we went on, this went on and on and on for a few months. And in the end, I just decided, you know, enough is enough. I'm overworked. I was also asking for a pay rise and I wasn't getting that. I was overworked and I was underpaid and I was, I felt undervalued. And I thought, you know what? I can handle the overworked and underpaid bit to an extent if I'm valued. But if the person that is supposed to value me the most, my manager, the person that is supposed to encourage me and mentor me is not valuing me when everyone else around is, why am I still here? And so at that point, I thought, okay, I'm going to leave. Now, I took a bit of a risk. It was a bit of a gamble. And to be honest, it really paid off. And I'm not recommending that you do this, but sometimes, you know, you do need to take a leap of faith because actually having a leap of faith is a bit about radical self-responsibility because it's putting trust in yourself and it's putting trust in the universe. And it's, it's kind of knowing that you've got your own back and not always relying or blaming others if things don't go right. So I actually decided that I was going to get a loan And I thought, okay, if I can get this loan, knowing that I was in a well-paid job and I could quite easily move to another job, so I wasn't doing this completely like from a crazy perspective, but I thought if I can get this loan, I can leave my job and I can have six months out while I work out what I want to do. And at that point, I was also toying with the idea at that point of working, of being a coach, of being a personal trainer, um, of being a... um, image consultant and a personal stylist. These were all the things that I loved to do. Like I loved coaching and development. Obviously I did a lot of that in my HR space as well. I was always coaching and developing leaders and and managers um, from a sort of a people perspective. And, you know, I loved um, the idea of helping people deliver themselves from a kind of a physical perspective and a health perspective in terms of the image consulting and the personal training so at that point I did actually go forward and train as an image consultant um actually I've kind of jumped a little bit here what actually happened was I pressed the button if I could get the loan that was going to be my dice I'm going to leave this job and I am going to you know go and take a bit of time out develop myself and then go back to the to the job market and basically that's 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 what I did so I um I qualified in these areas I invested some of that loan money into my personal development and I trained as an image consultant with Aston and Hayes who were a leading consultancy um image consultancy trainer in London who did a lot of image consulting with like members of parliament, TV personalities. So, you know, I was being trained by the best. 
And I also did my exercise to music qualification because I wanted to teach um, some of the Les Mills courses. And yeah, I just went on this journey of like self-exploration and it was full on, you know, radical self-responsibility because I knew that I had myself and I knew that I was accountable to myself and I stopped blaming anybody else. I wasn't blaming my old manager. I was like, look, I chose to do this. You pushed me, but I kind of chose to take the leap. And anyway, so I went into this space, set up my own business. That was in 2008. And then we had a recession. So I was a bit like, ah, okay, this hasn't quite worked out how I wanted it to do. Um, You know, what's going to happen? And at that point, I then decided to um, to go back to 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 being a, a an employee, but doing it as a as a contractor. So actually working on fixed term um, contracts, but through the payroll. And I went back, and I actually landed an amazing role that was more well paid, less hours, and I was seen as someone who had these superior skills and expertise. I'd come from this, like you know big four accountancy global firm. And so I was seen as somebody who was going to go in and really shape up their um, their environment. And it gave me everything I wanted. So if I, you know, if I go back to where I was six months previous, I hadn't taken that step, but something pushed me into it. And it was the lack of respect that I was getting from my manager in terms of praise and mentorship. And when I took radical self-responsibility and realized actually the only way that I'm going to change this is to, is to do something about it. It all worked out for me in the end. Yes, there was a few bumps in the road. As I said, you know, I went off and did the training. We then hit the recession. I then had to go back to work. But it all worked out fine. And I actually got to a place where I wanted to, to, to get to and was still able to hold on to the skills that I'd invested in training myself in. And I still have those skills today and I can still use those skills today alongside everything else that I, I have. Because I've always been developing myself, always, 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 even from a young child, I was always reading books um, about knowledge, not novels. So, you know, I've always been of that mindset because I believe that we always you know, owe it to ourselves to help ourselves grow. So this is what I mean by radical self-responsibility. It's around understanding when things aren't serving you anymore and having the courage to not blame other people, but actually to take the steps to move forward and work on your own development and transformation. You know, 10 years later, or maybe not so many 10 years later, maybe about eight years later, a similar thing happened again. I was in an abusive relationship um, I also got unfairly dismissed from my employment, which was also with a global business. And it was classed as redundancy of the role. I had created an in-house team that was saving the organization money. I was winning awards for the business. So, you know, I was completely competent in my role. I had an amazing mentor who was my HR director. Um, I was a senior lead then. I was a head of a department and she actually left. And when she left, somebody else came in and that was when they made the role redundant. And obviously that really hit me hard because it was done in a very unethical way. And I was then left without a job and also dealing with an abusive relationship with a partner who was narcissistic, had narcissistic personality disorder. So Again, I was in a situation where I was like, what am I going to do here? You know, I can cry and, 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 and turn to a mess on a plate, like, you know, melted jelly, or I can literally just get myself back on my two feet. So I did what I always recommend you should do. And that was like, deal with it, accept it, feel the emotions. And then I got myself back up. 
And, you know, I did a bodybuilding competition. I did two, actually. I worked with another life coach. I developed, I actually then did an interior design qualification because I thought, okay, this is something else that I can do. And it wasn't really for a business. It was more for my own um, creativity because I, I love sort of design and art. And so I did that as well. And then I went back to work and not this time, I went back to work as a limited company contractor. So I'd stepped up again. So rather than being like an interim um, worker on the payroll, I'd moved into pure interim management where I was actually self-employed as a limited company. So I was on the payroll and I was a director of my own limited company and working for other organizations. So you know, I moved myself into those positions. I didn't sit there, stamp my feet and blame other people. Of course, they weren't nice scenarios. And there was situations that, you know, I wish I hadn't gone through and they didn't help me at the time. But once I got through those situations, because I took the actions to rebuild my life and to take radical self-responsibility, work with coaches, work with therapists, you know, push for my ADHD diagnosis, because at that point, that was when I started to think, okay, you know, these things are really hitting me hard. And that was you know again there wasn't that much out there about ADHD and even things like rejection sensitivity but that was something I was really coming up against when these things were happening so yeah you know I pushed again with my GP I didn't actually get my diagnosis for ADHD until about two years ago but you know that was when I started the journey for that so you know again I've got where I've got to today by pushing and self-advocating which obviously was on one of the last um, episodes but you know taking radical self-responsibility is all around owning ourselves and getting what we want out of life and that's why I refer to it as you know this magic bullet to get your best life. Now, so as I've said these journeys are not easy they're exhausting they're emotional they can be scary and they will have you literally on your knees you will be the most vulnerable you've ever been and you can be the most needy you have ever been because we all need those basic level and those top tier needs you know Maslow's hierarchy again but doing this work is eventually going to give you your ultimate freedom and you know you might ping back again and go oh god I'm back to where I was like two years ago but I always believe that like one step back is like two steps forward so whenever you go backwards you will always go forward at a greater pace but you know as I've said I've worked with therapists and coaches throughout these times and obviously I am a coach and I recommend that when you go through these scenarios it is great to deal with both because therapists actually look at your past and they focus on trying to get through some of the the past issues and get out of your own way from the past so re-engineer and psychotherapy and obviously some trauma work as well and obviously this is all deep stuff that I'm not going to talk about today but it's stuff that I've gone through myself but then working with a coach a coach will mainly focus on the challenges of the now and the future aims and the goals so you might be able to find somebody who does a bit of both so last year I was working with what I class as a badass therapist (laughs) she's actually a coach um but I felt like she did some therapy with me as well so she took me back to some of my earlier stuff and then we focused on the current and the future so we did a bit of both and so that's why I call her my badass therapist because she kind of helped me with both um But again, you know, just to add, you know, coaches and therapists tend to work also with their own coach and their own therapist because they're always on this evolutionary path about becoming the best version of themselves. And sometimes it is impossible to do that on your own, even though you're taking radical self-responsibility. You know, that's when you invest in yourself as well, because you put your money where your mouth is and you get, you know, you get out what you put in, basically. So, 
you know, I think, as I've said, my coach um, worked on some of the past stuff with me. And I think it's great to do that because when you work with somebody who covers the past and the current and the future, um, so a badass coach, for example, it's really great to understand that because, so for example, I'm trained in ACT, which is acceptance and commitment therapy. And what we do with that is we actually try to understand what your current situation is in your blocks. And then we look at your values and we align to that value so that you can move your life in a way, or we align to those values so we can move your life in a way that is value aligned. But actually, if you look at your blocks and any of those inherent issues that you have, such as trauma related, chronic health matters, general beliefs and patterns that were formed in childhood, then obviously, you know, these things are really important because we need to make sure that these things are addressed as we move you forward as a coach or as you move yourself forward um, if you were to do this work on your own. So I hope this isn't too disjointed, but I had to pause my recording there because I um, had something else that I needed to tend to. But yeah, as I was saying, um, when you're working with a coach or um, a therapist, obviously it's really good to, particularly coaches, to look at those um, uh, past issues and marry those together so you can understand, you know, where you're currently at. And obviously working with a coach um, allows you to go through that reprogramming and recalibrating so that you can move into the next part of your life in a way that you want to. So you can live it in your on your standards and you can take back or own your power, which you may not have been operating from that place. Um, and that's why you're now ready to take self uh, radical self-responsibility. But, you know, as always with anything about getting into this place and being in this mindset is really about stop blaming yourself and to stop blaming others as well. Because if we move into this blame game, then we're not really taking radical self-responsibility because, again, we're oppressing others or we're oppressing ourselves. And the only way that we can actually take radical self-responsibility is to allow, allow things to be. So one of the things we need to do is turn away and disengage from any toxicity or any low energy or vibrational states. Because actually when you're in those environments, whether that's in a workplace or whether that's in a relationship um, or a friendship, or even with yourself, so, you know, toxic, low energy vibrational state with yourself would be where you're self-soothing through things that are going to, you know, add toxins to your body or your mind so alcohol drugs cigarettes food sugar you know uh, self-harm which yeah is a medical issue but you know this is actually not helping you know you need some support to move away from that or also um you know things like gambling or you know unsafe sex there's lots of ways that you you know can move into toxic and low vibrational states and actually sometimes people do that because they're self-soothing, because they're not taking radical self-responsibility. I mean, it's literally the opposite side of the coin. But actually, if you if you turn inwards then, so we move away from that and you turn inwards to this whole curiosity and, and self-compassion and compassion for others. But, you know, self-compassion is a real big thing. You know, it's about understanding where you are, where you've come from and where you want to get to and knowing what you need to do to get there. And so actually, you know, to be able to do this, you need to go into this full level of self-inquiry. And what you need to activate 
the recesses of your mind, your body and your soul so that you can break through to that next part of your life. Actually, you know, as I've said in my story, you know, every time I've got into this like radical self-responsibility um, on steroids, if you like, when I've really like pumped it up, I have uncovered parts of myself that I didn't know were there from the last time I really went into this space. And I think it's really interesting that as we move into this place of radical self-responsibility, we know ourselves more and more and we get into this place where we actually start to accept ourselves because we know ourselves. And, you know, self-acceptance, self-compassion, self-forgiveness and all of that to others as well is where we move into this place of freedom, which in itself is radical self-responsibility because we're freeing ourselves from the shackles, the shackles of our mind, body and soul. We're breaking away from that. So, you know, again, it's all around being committed to your own healing, your own transformation and your own altered reality. So altering what is your current state into your future state and that will then become your now state. And then it's again about that evolution because we're always changing. We we never stand still. And, you know, with radical self-responsibility, it moves you into this huge, huge, huge place of self-mastery and self-actualization, which, you know, again, I'm always talking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's at the very top of the pyramid, self-actualization. And that is your gift to yourself. And it's your gift to others and the world. When you move into this place of self-actualization, you're at a point where all of your other needs have been met. And you're at a point where you feel safe and you feel very secure and you have everything you need. It doesn't have to be material, but you have everything you need within yourself to actually deliver yourself in the best possible light to predominantly to yourself. Radical self-responsibility is all about your relationship with yourself as well as others. And that's your gift to the world. And I quite often think, and actually in two current scenarios, I have been witnessing two people in their 30s who are dealing with terminal cancer. And it's harrowing to watch, but these people are so enlightening because what they're actually showing me is actually if we are happy in our own skin and if we live our best lives, when we come to the end of our life, we will be happy to leave it. We won't be happy, but we will be accepting of it, should I say. And we will go with less fear and with more grace, more integrity, and knowing that actually what we did in this world made a difference and that we lived to our standards and our morals and that we, yeah, were fully accountable to ourselves And, you know, we left this world as a good person. To me, that's how I want to leave. When I go, whenever I go, that's how I want to leave. It's not about like, what do I own? It's not even probably about what have I achieved in terms of things like job titles, certificates, financial security. It's more around how did I make other people feel and how did I feel about myself? Because if I leave at any point, whenever that happens, because I will leave, we all leave, and I am not happy with myself, I, I, I can't. I can't say I'm going to go go happy and I want to go happy and I want to know that, you know what, I knew who I was. I took radical self-responsibility. I was the best version of myself. I didn't hurt anyone. I didn't hurt anyone intentionally. If I ever hurt anyone, I did it with compassion and with consciousness and hurting people sometimes happens. Like I was hurt by my ex-partner, but he wasn't awful to me. But, you know, sometimes we have to make decisions that might hurt people. But as long as we do it with grace and integrity, you know, that's the most important thing. And again, as I keep saying, how we do that to ourselves as well. So, 
You know, the final thing really to say on this episode, so again, just to revisit, this whole episode is all about radical self-responsibility being your magic bullet to living your best life. Once we heal, accept, cultivate, enlighten and illuminate ourselves to be the person that we actually truly are, like our true self, we can be a better person, a better person to ourselves, a better partner, a better parent, a better sibling, a better leader, a better employee, a better friend and a better child and a better inner child because we will have self-soothed and we will have gone to that place where we feel like we're safe to bring ourselves into our adult years knowing that we healed our life and that we are where we need to be today through intention. So I really hope this has helped. I, you know, I was called, every week I'm called to come up with my topic. I have a long list of different topics, but I always go with what my heart's telling me. And I really felt like from books I've been reading this week while I was on holiday and from my own situations and from having quite a bit of time to think on holiday, I really wanted to talk about radical self-responsibility because it is so important. And, you know, it is so, 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 so much a cornerstone of having agency and owning yourself. So yeah, this is definitely uh, hang on a moment to yourself today. So, okay, guys, I will love you and leave you. As always, have an amazing week and I will speak to you on the next episode. And if you're happy with this podcast and you feel that someone could benefit from it, then please share or download. And also please feel free to leave feedback. All right, take care. Much love. Bye.